0: Uh, Good evening. My name is Xinjing. I'm the general manager of the Confucius Institute. First of all, thank you for coming along this evening. Thank you for participating in our, if you are the one, panel discussion. As I can see, so many people turn up. You are very excited like me. I remember last year, accidentally one night I switched to SBS2 and saw the show. Instantly, I hooked up. Uh, because I'm a woman, uh, in the center of the heart, love, relationship, marriage, and happiness is a core, or is a focal point of my life. But I have noticed the women, they are so different. With 25 years ago when I left China. Women, they are so confident. They are so beautiful. They are so accomplished. They're so famous, sometimes they're a bit hard, hush. I was very interested to find out what's so, uh, what makes such big change for the uh, Chinese woman in the last 25 years. So when I heard a call from the Fei Fei, she uh, contacted me, she said that they are very excited to come back from their Australian spacious I invite them to come to talk to us, to share their experience with us. To, uh, we wanted to explore uh, what has been uh, uh, changed in China, also the cultural difference between Western culture and Australian culture. What made women, Cha- especially Chinese women, have such high expectations to themselves, to their partner, to their life? Today, very funny, I received a WeChat from a friend. As you know, m- many of you have a WeChat. Uh, the, the WeChat says, Germany women, they are focused on work. Japanese women, focused on looking after kids. Chinese women, they looking for. Uh, Chinese women, focused on everything. They are uh, ambitious, they're hard worker, they're full time mom. Sometimes they do things father can't do. They are made by uh, cement. So they are not the water, uh, what you normally use to describe women anymore. Um, so today I'm very excited. I'm very uh, uh, looking forward to have the panel discussion today. Also, I'm very uh, grateful I have invited my good friends, Claudia Chinshaw, to uh, moderate tonight's uh, discussion forum. Uh, Claudia is a woman of the high chief. She's a role model of the contemporary woman. She has many hats. She's a designer. She's a TV presenter. She's an author. Uh, also, I wanted to mention she's City of Sydney's, Sydney Chinese New Year's uh, Festival's curator. So if you have been seeing the uh, rabbits play Taiji in front of the customer house, that's her work. So she's very, very talented designer as well, artist. So, um, uh, let me uh, bring uh, Claudia to the stage. She will introduce the format and panel members to you. Please join me to welcome Claudia.
1: Thank you, Shin. Well, do we all believe in love at first sight? It can be brutal. It can be honest. It can be downright outrageous. The Chinese TV dating show If You Are The One has become a global phenomenon with a viewing audience of up to 50 million people per episode. It's received a cult following in Australia thanks to regular screenings on SBS2. Now its popularity on Australia really increased recently when two Australian specials aired in February and this gave 10 Australian men and 16 Australian women the chance to find love on the world's most popular dating show and these men and women were Aussies. Now what's behind the show's popularity? Is this what dating is really like in today's China and are the contestants looking for love or for fame or a little bit of both? To answer these questions and more, we've invited five contestants from the recently aired Australian specials to discuss their experiences. Annie Xu, who's a manager of innovation and strategy at Westpac. David Jong, who's a coder and Pilates instructor. Feng Go, who's a corporate lawyer. Linda Lee, a clinical pharmacist, and Melody Jeung, who is a premium relationship manager at Westpac. Our contestants will be joined tonight by Dr. Jin Hung. And uh, Jin is the head of subtitling at SBS and a foremost expert on If You Are The One. Now tonight we'll hear from our panellists and there will also be an opportunity for you to ask questions. So save those questions to the end and uh, we'd love to hear from you later in the show. But let's just have a little, little look, a quick look at a highlight of the Australian special of If You Are The One.
2: 我的三段感情里，最难忘的是初恋。那时还在新西兰读中学，两人都很害羞。由于他是新西兰人，文化存在差异，两人就在互相磨合中一起慢慢成长。但是随着时间推移，彼此的观念产生分歧。他喜欢去酒吧参加派对。而我最向往的状态 是两人开车到海边, 散散步, 希望他能善待自己的身体 我不喜欢猜, 那我猜你在以前的感情经历当中 那为什么年轻的女孩<笑>
3: <那倒还不是, 爱情很重要, 笑>
2: 和谐也蛮重要
4: 在我的经验里,
2: 所以我觉得两个人在一起非常积极有效的沟通 呃,
1: I think older women and younger women are all attractive. <laughs> I'd now like to introduce you to Dr. Jing Hung. Dr Han joined SBS in 1996 and she's now head of the SBS subtitling department. Over the past 19 years, she has subtitled more than 300 Chinese films and TV programs for an Australian audience, including Lust Caution, The Curse of the Golden Flower... Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Hero, Beijing Bicycle, and in the last two years, over 150 episodes of If You Are The One. (laughs) So I think we have every right to have a listen to what Dr. Jin Hung has to say. Would you please make a welcome?
5: Thank you very much, Claudia, for the very nice introduction. I have to say, just to add, David wasn't the easiest one to subtitle because he's a Chinese, is a bit broken. (laughs) But he's a lovely guy to subtitle. That's where I actually see people who are so lovely just because of actually the proficiency or lack of proficiency of the language. So, for example, my my son, he's a 20, but when he speaks Mandarin, he's a 5. So he's so cute when he speaks Mandarin. I love him to pieces. Okay, let me start with the, uh, my presentation. I have very little time, and let me work it out. So first of all, um, so first of all, what is the appeal of the show? Is it working? Oh, I think it hasn't been turned on. That's right. No. First of all, I think. Um, there is universal and eternal appeal. That's lasting. And uh, this dating show also has its very unique appeal. So, soon after it was made uh, and broadcast in China in 2010, it became the top rating show of the whole country, uh, which was uh, quite dazzling given how competitive TV broadcasting is in China. Of the contributing factors to this huge success, selection of the contestant is a critical one. Both girls and boys are from all walks of life, which back in in 2010 was phenomenal, because it means that every ordinary single girl and single man has an equal opportunity to go on the show, except for one thing, that is, they have to be candid, outspoken, blunt, um, brutal sometimes, but mostly spontaneous. People in China don't normally bear their personal lives in public in such a way, so this direct and candid style was eye-opening and mind-opening to Chinese audiences, as well as being hugely entertaining. And both these factors are equally appealing to Australian audiences. Let me show you some screenshots of some of the girls just to see the wide range of selection and also how frankly they express themselves. So, I would like you to pay attention to their occupation and to what they say. <laughs> She's a communication planner, so you think her communication skills are quite up. And it's funny that because she reminds me of Minnie Mouse. <laughs> so sorry. And, um, you know, for boys, Looking happy is not always a wise move. And I have to say, this boy, unfortunately, he did wear a yellow T-shirt and he's quite big and large. And she's a writer, so she uses a very beautiful metaphor, peacock. And she's a shop owner, she knows exactly what she wants. You don't fit her category. And she's a production assistant, and she just loves to be pampered by boys. And interestingly, we also have, you know, relationship counselor. She counsels people on relationship problems, particularly when, you do not, when you're not able to find a partner. And also we have her. She's lovely, and remember her. And um, she doesn't like boys who look like, a bit like girls. And we have a French pastry chef. <laughs> and I was wondering, because she doesn't like chubby boys, but, you know, what, they, what she makes will make you chubby. And she's a very smart girl. She's an online retailer. She tells boys, if you're big now, remember those who were nice to you. And... Um, You know, the different girls, and she likes the chubby boys because they are softer to touch. And uh, she's a very interesting one. She has a very huge background, hugely rich, and uh, it's quite interesting. She's very elegant, very educated, very stylish, but the little, you know, attention to little things really amazes me. It's sort sort of beyond ordinary people. Buttons on a shirt. And she's a stunt driver, so it's quite a, you know, kind of not common occupation, but yeah. And this little girl, she just can't, you know, um, help expressing her love. And we also know most male uh, candidates, so they all have very interesting stories to tell, often uh, with an interesting personality like this one. And... um, (laughs) Don't we all like that? And they were also all from walks of life. Many people, including if you are the one production and the host Meng Fei himself, found it very surprising that this show picked up its popularity in Australia. Indeed, why Australia? First and foremost, excess. So you can, <laughs> you can see the worried look Uh, Australia is the only country which produces and shows the English subtitled version, thanks to SBS. And if you are the one, it's the longest showing non-English TV series on SBS channel and in Australia since 2013. So, what attracts Australian viewers to this show? Australian viewers watch this show for a range of reasons, and I won't be able to list them more in this short presentation, but I think you'd all agree with me that there is one common reason this show is highly <laughs> addictive. How many people here have the experience of stumbling on this show and becoming hooked? One of the fascinations and, or ad- addictive elements, I believe, is the differences that Australian viewers see in the contestants' stories, experiences, approaches, remarks, viewpoints from their own. These differences often come from different contexts. A few years ago, a colleague of mine sent me this cartoon. (laughs) I still find it funny, I still laugh, particularly the woman's response, I don't care, which can be read in many different ways. But when I showed it back then to my daughter, she was in kindergarten back then, she didn't laugh. She quickly pointed out, he made a mistake. He didn't cover her eyes. (laughs) She was absolutely right. That is because her world or her context was different from that of adults. And the rules in each context applied differently. In other words, the Chinese context is different from the Australian context. The show is made in and for the Chinese context. So when it is translated into English for the Australian audience, the content remains the same, but the context has been shifted from the Chinese context to Australian context. This shift causes the same thing now being viewed from a different angle and different perspective. And this is a typical example. Living with in-laws. Do you mind living with your in-laws? This is a routine question in the Chinese context. The girls get asked this question frequently. But in the Australian context, is this a question? Living with in-laws? Are you kidding? (laughs) Another example is long-distance relationship. Long-distance relationships are practiced in China, and in my generation, many of our parents had lived through a long-distance marriage. But such a concept is close to alien to Australian viewers, let alone finding it sweet. Now, when the male contestant uh, survives the first two rounds, it will be his turn to choose, and he can pick one of the ten topics on the screen to learn more about the girls. This is the English translation. I translated them all, so you can see them all at once. So basically, these are standard and public questions that boys ask girls when dating, and they are regarded important. But Australian viewers may find these standard questions very different from what they want to know when dating. Do you really want to know? I think uh, Australian viewers probably only want to know two things. One is interest, and the other girl's room. <laughs> um, so, lastly, I just want to point out that each contestant expressed his or her own views, individual views. They don't represent anyone else but themselves. So these individual views are so various, and often you, quite unique, hence very interesting. I'll just give you my personal favorite one. It's, a, it's a very eye-opening to me. You know, fancy bedtime dance. <laughs> But while, uh, while individual expressions are made, many of these viewers touch on social issues. And, uh, and it's quite interesting, I'll just give you a few examples. This one, you just imagine this is a talk openly discussed, openly on national TV, watched by 50 million people. It's quite amazing. And he actually went, uh, went ahead and did it, and that's why he was expressing. And this, this one, obviously, i just just touch on it. And girls traditionally tend to be dependent. So they still have this um, tradition, you know, in their blood, in the way that they carry out, and which Australian viewers often found a bit different. And there are different opposite views now expressed. So this boy actually do not want submissive girls. But then again, he's from Taiwan. And this girl, I think she's quite brave, and she's talking about this, again, quite openly on this stage. And next to what she said. <laughs> I, I found, you know, like, you, you, this is more than a dating show, obviously, so it's a quite a good reflection of what, you know, young people, Chinese people, these days they're thinking. It's a quite amazing. And to what Mao Fei says. Advocating, obviously. So my uh, closing advice for guys, particularly, who are thinking of going on this show. Some past contestants, and boys who failed but learned from their mistakes, and they work out dating strategies. No more than three relationships. Simple reasons for breakups. Don't go into long, long. And no uncertainty displays of your talent. If you're not sure if you're a good singer, don't sing. <laughs> he, he did the advice and he got a date. But this guy didn't. Wouldn't listen. And obviously, he failed. Thank you very much.
1: It's good advice, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Han. Now we're ready for our panel discussion. Would you please now welcome to the stage all of our panelists, Feng Go, Annie Shu, Melody Jung, David Jong, Linda Lee, and Dr. Jing Han. I think the first observation is obviously um, everybody's so very, very good looking. (laughs) (laughs) Now, my first question is for Feng. Feng, when did you first hear about the show and what was your impression?
6: I first heard about the show about a couple of years ago. Um, I can't remember if it was when I was watching it with my mum or a friend of mine, but it depends. My impression of it changes according to who I'm with at the time. I think it's because like if it's if i'm watching it with my mum oh sorry if i'm watching it with my mum then it's um acceptable and understandable and logical what they're saying you know it's like oh yeah i, I get what they're saying it's just the subtitling's wrong but really um when I, when i'm with a girlfriend of mine we'll watch it and would we'll just be laughing the whole way through. Because I think even if you thought that, you shouldn't say it out loud in front of all these people. So it changes and it's fun and it's entertaining and um, I never thought that I would go on it, but it did.
1: And here you are. Here
6: I am. <laughs> now, a question for Annie. Annie, why
1: did you go on this show? I guess there's a
3: couple of reasons why I wanted to go on the show. The, the first one is... Throughout my life, I've been quite ambitious, so throughout school, I always wanted the highest mark and then when I graduated, go to a job. So I haven't really put much thought into love and relationship until one day my parents kind of sat me down and go, you're at that age. <laughs> Any older, you're going to become one of the leftover women." And then they really thought, you know, it's about time, you know, in the Asian culture, there is a certain time where you do things. And so I guess one reason is they really inspired me to say, actually, how how about actually stepping outside of your comfort zone and going to this experience? You never know, you actually might find the person. And then the second reason is, my parents are big fans, so they really wanted me to actually go on the show and see me on TV.
1: <laughs> so, what was the initial selection process like?
3: Oh, the initial selection process was the most grueling process I've actually been on. It's more harsh or even, it's more difficult than any interviews I've been on for a job. All of us, we had to go through a written response that had different categories of questions. So it varied from, you know, what is your background, your interests, your salary, your your job. It also ranged from what are you looking for, specific details of what you're looking for, the height of your boyfriend that you're looking for, their age. And then once we go through that process, we go into a series of final interview with the actual one of the producers and directors. So all of us went through an interview. We go into a room, and we thought it was a um, one-on-one interview, but we actually wait in a room full of girls. And we get called on upon when our time slot gets chosen, and we have this very rushed-out 15-minute interview with the directors to tell her about who we are. And the day afterwards, we, we get the notification if we're selected or not. And from that point, we had about two weeks or less than two weeks to get all of our flights, accommodation, leave approval to actually fly to Nanjing for the show.
1: That's very, very whirlwind. Well, that's what love's like, isn't it? You want a whirlwind romance? So one of the questions on the form is obviously, what are you looking for in a partner? And we might ask that question of Melody. Melody, what are you looking for in a partner?
4: Uh, Are you really sure? Do we have enough time for that?
1: (laughs) Okay, keep your answers brief and clean.
4: (laughs) Well, we'll make it simple then. Um, Firstly, first of all, um, I think he must be family-oriented, right? Uh, I really want someone that can share the same sense of value with me. So for me, um, family is the most important thing. And I want some guy that loves kids and um, is willing to spend time with family um, it doesn't matter if it's our nuclear family or extended family. I think that's crucial. And secondly, um, I want a guy who can really stay um, being mature and can stay calm and control all the time. So, for example, when sometimes if I am too emotional, he can ground me. <laughs> so that's secondly and thirdly, uh, confidence I think is very important as well. So um, he, he's not afraid to be who he is. And um, um, so uh, he, he knows what is his strength and he can strive for, for success in his career as well. So I'm um, not afraid to stand, stand up for people and, of course, myself as well.
1: Yeah. Is it important to you that he's Chinese?
4: Uh, you know what? The funny thing is my previous dating history actually um, was... Uh, we're all with Chinese men. That's a coincidence. It's not because I don't like Australian. Um, I, I think what really uh, matters is not um, if it's Chinese or Australian, if it's American. It really matters is if you can understand each other. If you can um, understand the difference in culture-wise, in different lifestyle, many things, and if you can agree to disagreement, and you can embrace the difference for both of you so I think that's what really matters
1: thank you Melody now sitting there in the middle the only gentleman in our group young David David you're in the situation we have faced with 24 stunningly beautiful women you, you've never met them before how on earth did you choose the initial favorite
7: who's the initial favourite, because I haven't even seen the show. Um, I've seen probably two episodes. Um, I saw two episodes in the hotel when I was...
1: Uh, Can, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Can we hear or...? Uh, yeah, thanks, Melody. Just swap mics there. Thank you. All right, so... Hold, it, quick hold quick it quite close to your check. mouth.
7: All right, so um, I, it was really hard to uh, select my initial... Um, favorite because i haven't seen the show before i only saw two episodes in the hotel and um when i was on stage uh, if you guys if you guys watch the show um carefully you could see my hand you could see my finger do a really quick swipe so whoever landed on i pressed uh, you know so i didn't know there was there were two buttons there was uh, one which was a chinese word and then another one, which was a Chinese word. I can't read any any of those. So, you know. Then later on, I found out the left one was random. So I should have just picked uh, random. But then I picked 19 because it landed on 19. So it was her. I saw, you know, I, she was, you know, I was like, she's alright, she's pretty, and then she pressed left. And then um, my mom was downstairs. Uh, my mom was downstairs in the audience. So she was in the front row. She was holding up my phone the whole time. So I had. um you know, uh, like recording of the whole, you know, the whole sequence. So they cut that bit out. Meng Fei, actually, he he looked at my choice, and he looked at me, and he got the little iPad, and he was like, are, are you sure? You know, are you, are you serious? <laughs> and I was like, and then he just, uh, you know, he gave the iPad, and then, that was, uh, yeah, that was my initial selection. It was just a, you know, swipe, and then whoever it landed on, it was like a, you know, Wheel of Fortune type of thing.
1: So David's there on if you are the one playing Russian roulette with his love life. So does that mean then that you could believe in love at first sight or is it just a happy trigger finger you've got there?
7: Um, Yeah, I do. You know, I say I do believe love at first sight because we all hope, you know, there's someone out there that we can love. You know, if we can see that person straight, you know, if we can see that person and feel love then, um, you know, of course, we would want that. So, you know, like, uh, I I would want that. So I can say, you know, I believe in that. But um, I think it's like everything, you know. You've got your favorite songs, you know. You can listen to a song and you can like it straight away. But then when you keep playing it, you start to get annoyed. <laughs> so, you know, with love, it's um, it's a sustainable thing. You know, you might see someone and you might love that person straight away. But once you get to know them, it might not be the same thing that you saw. Like, um, in my past experience, yeah, of course, I saw someone and like, liked the person a lot. I might have thought it was love. But um, I think love at first sight is more uh, to be kept, you know, as a fairy tale unless you've really found love and succeeded with the love. Yeah.
1: Thank you, David. Now, Linda, can you tell us what happens when the show is filmed? Describe the day for us.
8: So, this day started out pretty early for us. Um, The actual filming day, I think we all woke up maybe around 7 in the morning, got ourselves prepared, um, of course, go makeup free, um, downstairs into the lobby where we met. Um, And then we were taken to a stadium, which was next to the hotel that we were staying at, and that was where the stage of the show was set up. So we got there, and then we started hair and makeup, and that process took about four hours. Mm -hmm. So we had about seven to eight makeup artists um, and the same number of hairstylists. Um, So we were in the the changing rooms for quite some time. Um, We were there to film two episodes of the Australian special. So the first episode started filming at around one o'clock in the afternoon, and each episode recorded for about four hours. So for us girls who were on 10-inch heels for about eight to nine hours in one day was a pretty memorable experience. <laughs>
6: um,
8: so the first episode concluded at about 5 p.m. Uh, where, we te- where we took a short break for an hour and the second started filming at six. Um, this, the whole day ended at about 10 o'clock at night um, where we had such tiring bodies but still very genuinely rushed minds knowing that we've just been recording for one of the biggest dating shows in history and in front of a, an audience of millions and millions and that was quite incredible.
1: I'll certainly say so. And so, so that energy can stays with you the whole day. So you were on those 10-inch heels for all that time and you're still feeling... That energy and enthusiasm by the end of the day.
8: I guess so. We had a short break in between um, for you know quick um, hair and makeup um, touch-ups. Um, but yeah, it was. It didn't feel like it was such a long time when we were filming for it. But looking back, thinking back now, it was an entire day, but very, very adrenaline rush, very interesting. Yeah.
1: Now, Feng, a question for you on the idea of hair and makeup and costuming. That's, that's a very, very big deal for women, and it's a big deal on the show. So, did you feel at any stage that you were being typecast into a certain role, like, for instance, um, the fun or carefree one, or, or the serious business minded one? Or do you think that you were free to express who you really are when you're on the, on the air?
6: I think that we were free to express who we really were. Um which was good. I, oh, sorry. I, th- I think it would have been hard for them to try and make me someone I wasn't. I was a bit worried that they would try and portray me as like a really stern career, ambition, you know, lawyer lady. And it didn't really happen like that because I think they kind of got to know me a bit and they were like, oh, she's really lighthearted. She she's makes jokes all the time. And at the same time that you're speaking um, on the day, the production of the music is sort of overlaid on the top, so it happens instantaneously. And at the start it's like really romantic and nice music and then they're like, oh, her Mandarin is not so great. And so they start putting on this comical music and, and then I'm like, I think I should get off the stage sometime soon before I stuff up big time. Was that off-putting? Because um, they were
1: having fun with you.
6: <laughs> it, it, was, it was fun and I think you have to bear in mind that, I mean, I knew going on the, on the show that that was going to be kind of my main issue but I thought, well... They picked me, and I think it was for entertainment purposes as well, because it's thankfully, I think it came across as endearing rather than a hopeless failure. <laughs> um, who knows? But, um, yeah, I think one thing I do regret, though, is the hair. Like, that was totally my decision, and I like straight hair, so I don't know what got into me. <laughs> anyway.
1: Fifty million people saw that hair. <laughs> Now, Linda, a question for you. Some people say that they believe the show is scripted. What was your experience of that?
7: Uh, I don't think it was. It's definitely not scripted. Um, When we got on, we, uh, you know, we, it was, I was in the uh, 557th episode, so I was the second group of people to go on. And then um, we, uh, we were rushing, so we got in and then, a lot of the things were impromptu. We got in and then they gave us information, very little information about uh, what to do what the you know what the audience is like, what the female contestants are like so um, we pretty much just had to you know go in and wing it and then wish for the best. When I got on some of the uh, you know a lot of people have left because I could hear in the crowd. Some people even said, um, look, we're going to miss our bus back home because a lot of Chinese people still rely on public transport. And I got on stage at 11.30. It was supposed to uh, finish at 9.30 because everybody was so successful. Everyone in my group um, ended up with someone. So uh, the show dragged on and then, you know, people left. Uh, Fei was tired. The other teachers were tired as well so it was very natural i don't none of it was scripted I, I hear you know people say that as well but it's definitely not scripted
1: and linda was that the same experience for you did you do you think that it, any of it was set up
8: so like david said before everything was unexpected and unscripted um and for those of you who have watched the show i was number 16 so my experience at the show was slightly different to all of the other female contestants. Um, so, and then people after the show kept on asking me, oh, was it really a surprise? Was anything planned ahead? Um, and I can rest assure everyone that if I knew what was coming my way, I'm sure I was, I'd be better prepared and probably came up with, but expressions or words to express my feelings on stage and probably looked a little less awkward as well. (laughs) Um, But nonetheless, if you ask me now, if I knew what was going to happen to me, would I still choose to go on the show? And my answer would be absolutely yes, because through this incredible journey, I've met many great new friends, uh, many, many empowering people along the way, and I've also learned more about myself and more about love. Because the journey itself helped me to redefine love and redefine the qualities that I seek in a man. And to me, that's priceless. Because I think at the end of the day, after all that has happened on the show, I think the most important thing to me and anyone out there who has experienced relationship hardship is that do not ever stop believing in love and do not ever stop believing in yourself and finding love and i think that was the whole purpose why i went onto the show in the first place
1: that's lovely thank you linda now dr jin han you've been involved in the show in australia and in the recruitment of the recent australian special can you name one key element that contributes to the appeal of this extraordinary show? One, of his, uh,
5: is, it working? Sorry. Uh, one is obviously very difficult. I would say Fei, but I'm not going there because it is <laughs> obvious. Uh, from behind the stage, I would say the selection of contestants because I was involved in seeing how they Select, uh, and um, having subtitled and watching such a detail, so many episodes, as we know, who made the TV is actually people standing on the show, made the TV. And uh, the producer Chen Chen, she's been there for six years so since at the very beginning. She has interviewed thousands of thousands of girls. And um, she took her really a couple of minutes to, to know whether this would be a good person to be on the show. And to start with, for the girls, as you can see, being pretty is the first and foremost. Uh, because people like watching, looking at pretty girls. And uh, that, that's the reason why they're also wearing makeup as well, heavy makeup. Then it takes a long, long time to wear makeup. And the heels is a must as well. And the, apart from looks, but then there are many pretty girls as well. So that's just the first initial Uh, criteria and then it's really about the personality they need people they want people to be outspoken to be quite frank could would like to talk and um, people uh, can be quite spontaneous you know Linda is a a perfect example and the show was actually the producer when they found out she and her ex was there and um, only at the show only at the backstage when the recording was happening, they made a decision to let her go, to decide to go on without telling her, and then bet on the way that she would react, you know, graciously, which she did. So it was quite amazing. But then you run the risk, it could be a disaster. So, you know, what if she, she couldn't take it and she would have cried all sorts? So being spontaneous, being able to, um, Uh, take all the reactions and uh, like talking. And you can see many girls, they are encouraged to to speak very frankly, sometimes bluntly, as we uh, Australian viewers would often see. And just uh, on the side, and perhaps they didn't mention them, there is a little physical aid, which the girls are are provided with uh, red wine. And... uh, (laughs) And boys are provided with um, Chinese quite strong liquor called um mini bottle. So they, it's option. You can drink and you can decide not to. Girls, sometimes most girls attend not to because they've been there for longer. They're standing there. For boys, you know, David, for example, I don't know whether David drank or not, but for boys, it's only 10 minutes you have to sell your life, and it's really nerve-wracking. And then they do drink and uh, I heard the stories. Actually, one only one incident is like he was supposed to be, you know, the waiting at the backstage. And then each each episode is five boys, so the last one would be waiting since the first one on. So the more he waited, and the more anxious he get, he get worried, so he kept drinking. <laughs> and then when it was his turn, he couldn't get on. too much. <laughs> so they have to put uh, someone else. So. <laughs> So, selection is uh, critical, as you can see, the, it is uh, the people who make the show.
4: I think to,
8: I think to add to um, what
5: Dr. Han
8: just mentioned, um, I think the biggest uniqueness about the show is that everyone thought we'd know something at least um, about the other contestants before we went on the show, but then Surprisingly, none of the crew members mentioned anything, so we were all completely in the dark. I think we would have liked a bit more information, but we weren't provided that, so I think that's what separates the show from all of the other dating shows in Asia, because everything you see on stage is first-hand response and reactions, and that's, I think that's what has kept the program going for such a long time with high, such high ratings and because everything is real and coming you know, from our own experiences, that's
5: exactly what it is. Oh, w- so, sorry, one little thing to add it, it occurred to me. And so when they interview girls and boys, they do them separately. They do it on their uh, you own know, criteria. So they don't do pre-match. Like a dating agency, they pre-match, oh, it's very likely he will match this girl, let's let's get on. So they completely don't do any pre-match. So when the five boys are on, they are not thinking, oh, one of them would probably. So that's also why you see quite a spontaneous um, reaction also unexpected. You know, we know you watch this, it's because unpredictable. And each time, it's just something unpredictable happening.
1: Sometimes that unpredictable, uh, uh, that's a hard word to say, unpredictability, if we say it slowly, is television gold. That's what they want to see. You're on the spot. How do you respond? Um, An interesting question that came up when we were watching the video before was, um, it was quite okay uh, in China and quite expected, is it okay if um, my in-laws come and live with us? I just want to quickly ask each of our contestants, and we'll start with Annie, is that okay? Well, I
3: actually left um, China when I was eight. So even though the appearance was, I think, very similar to Feng, that we, we look, um, still have our cultural heritage, a lot of our thinking and upbringing is very Western. So to me, in-laws, living in, in-laws after marriage is totally not acceptable. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and Feng?
6: Yeah, this,
1: no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, moving on to Melody.
4: (laughs) I'm actually quite fine with that because I like um, family, like I mentioned. Um, As long as I think, once again, as long as we can get along, and me as the in law, I mean, daughters in law, and I would try my best to um, make them happy, um, even please them. I really don't mind. In the end, they raise the one I love.
1: Oh. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> and, David, I know that you were keen to give your, your parents some grandchildren. What, what are your thoughts on this?
7: <laughs> so, the question is... Um, is it, is okay? it okay for
1: your in-laws to come and live with you after you've found the one?
7: Yeah, I think it's... Um I think it's okay in the same city (laughs) uh, I don't know about the same house maybe um I don't know they've got different plans my mom says she wants to you know be in a different house but in the same section but I think that's you know maybe in the same city no I think I think it's okay like um it shows tradition you know there's a lot of um, you know traditional families uh, there's a lot of uh, cultural people that still do that Uh, I've got a lot of friends some of them are uh, I've got a lot of uh, small place, uh, Macedonian friends. They do the same thing. They um, have a big land and then they subdivide it. So then the mum, the parents stay at the back and the children stay at the front or they buy the next door neighbor's house. You know, whichever, you know, Aussie lives next door, they get their house, you know, <laughs> taken from these um, um, cultural people. So it shows culture. I think it's okay. It, dep- it depends how close you are. But I'm, I'm fine with it. I think it's, yeah, okay. if my...
1: And Linda, how about you?
8: I think I like guys who, you know, who are quite close with his family and his parents. Um, don't really have a mindset for that, but I guess, you know, I wouldn't mind living with parents. Yeah, if, if he's a family-orientated guy. Yeah.
1: It's an interesting question. Ask yourselves that question and you can answer that yourselves later. <laughs> now, a question for Feng. You were lucky enough to win the Maldives holiday And uh, you've recently returned from that trip. Can you tell us what happened in the Maldives, or does what happened in the Maldives stay in the Maldives?
6: Well, it was fairly salacious, might I say. Though, not me. Um, Sorry.
1: Let's start that again.
6: (laughs) I'll explain myself. So, Maldives, it was great. Um, We just got back, and Ben and I weren't dating. We are really quite different, but we're going to be friends. Um, so I thought, <laughs> I thought it was going to be awkward in my lives with a guy you met on a game show. Because <laughs> I was going to wait until my honeymoon to go there. But, yeah. you know. Anyway, so we were with 12 um, contestants from the main show. And they'd all successfully matched as well, but parted ways, um, which was really eye-opening for me. Because I thought, oh, maybe, you know, they would probably want to ha- have, you know, like, give it a real shot or whatever, but it didn't work out for them either. Um, I think that they, <laughs> they didn't really like the sun or swimming.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I thought like, they were going to Canada.
6: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm like, there was another option. But anyway, so I think they are really, <laughs> really lovely and just I didn't really understand a lot of the stuff they did, but... so for example one of the girls she had split with her guy from her episode and sorry and hooked up with another guy and like (laughs) not not that that's you know i just didn't expect that because i was like oh these girls are really serious but they weren't really they were really casual and fun and you know like i i thought oh okay this is really opening for me because i i don't really have any mainland friends because i've lost contact with them um growing up here, although I have family back home, I think that's different. So it was great for me, I have all these um, new friends and I think I learned a lot from them. So for, so really I think the show has been great in that regard because you meet people from different walks of life, different cultural um, cultural backgrounds and also different ways of thinking and doing things and living your life and like what you're looking for is different and f- and it was quite insightful for me because I'd never really understood that, really. Mm-hmm. But I think now I have, like, a, hopefully a wider and deeper understanding of Chinese culture.
1: And a fabulous tan. <laughs> yeah. Thank you.
6: Now, so many people
1: want to be contestants on this show. And uh, I would ask this of you, Melody. What advice would you give people who want to go on the show?
4: I didn't expect we can go to that question. <laughs> I thought the time won't be that much, um... Uh, I would say be yourself, be ourselves, um, as always, no matter what we are are doing. Uh, Yeah, it's a a dazzling show, uh, there are a lot of audience, but it's just like in real life, be ourselves and um, be bold. Um, There's nothing to be afraid of. Um, So for many people, uh, I'm a bit strange, I'm not young and... um, uh, many friends said to me, oh, you're really brave. You went on the show. Um, so what? <laughs> um, I, I think um, uh, it's like, in, um, what can I say? Um, don't be afraid, um, be ourselves and um, never give up. So it's, it's in, it's in life, it's, lo- it's in life, it's in our career. Uh, try our best and never give up. Finding true love, striving for our career, it's all about um the positivity, I think
1: good advice for any situation and David, what would your advice be to potential contestants uh
7: just keep trying you know if you if you reckon you want to go on a show then you know try and go on any show it might not have to you know it doesn't have to be this one but um just keep applying if you want to go on a show you know <laughs> just go on a show but the thing is um i um i I almost missed out because. I couldn't, I couldn't understand the email exchange. So when, you know, when they sent me an email, I looked at it. I had to get a translator, my mom. So she would translate it for me. And then um, I was late with the response, so I had all these other things to do. And then I checked this email. And then because I was late, I was actually shut down. So initially, Shu Li, or is it Li Shu? She said, she said, She said, look, it's too late now, you know? it's too late to have our interview, it's too late to have our Skype, you can't come on anymore. And then I actually said to her, I said, look, I really want to go on, this is my grandma's favorite show. (laughs) So, no, it's it's true, this is the reason why I went on is because it's my grandma's favorite show, I, you know, I wanted to, you know, I wanted her to see me and then she would have laughed and cried at the same time and then, so I was like, I really want to go on, so look, if you just let me, I know there's other producers, I know you're flying to Sydney doing your thing, but if there's other producers, just let them um, interview me, then, you know, we can, you know, if they, if they like me, then, you know, we can make it happen. And then she, eventually she did. So I actually went, you know, I could have been like, oh, you know, stuff your show, you know, I don't want to go on your show anymore. But then I was like, you know, I really want to go on. So I pushed, you know, the extra, extra mile to, to get the interview and then yeah, eventually I made it.
1: And here he is today, yeah. <laughs> Annie, just quickly. What would you, what would your advice be for people who would like to go on the show?
3: My advice is, you know, don't be afraid to actually step, take that step outside because for a lot of us, we went on the show to find love. But what we got out of it was so much more than that. We formed lifelong friends and we really connected with each other. And we learned so much about the differences in culture. And through that experience, I feel that we all learn about ourselves more, about what we want and what we're seeking. So through that experience, whether or not we actually found love was then irrelevant because at the end of the day, we were able to grow as a person. So I definitely recommend if you want to actually go through this experience just to... Go on board with the journey. Yeah.
1: Fabulous. Thank you, Annie. Now, I'm sure that you're sitting there with a burning question in your mind. So, if you do have a question, raise your hand and stay in your seat, and one of the team will come around with a microphone so that you can be heard. So, We're just going to have to borrow a couple of microphones, and I'll have a So, show of hands, if you have a question for our panel. Oh, there's a gentleman in the corner. It's in the corner. In the middle, waving.
9: Thank you. Um, Firstly, I would like to thank you all for coming to Sydney University. And um, my question is for the only gentleman here, David, uh, which is that um, do you think you are... Um, you were having some problem with the uh, excess makeup they, yeah, they were putting on. Um, because when I, was, when I heard that uh, it took four hours for them to put on makeup, I, I thought that was a bit excessive. And I mean, uh, it's one thing to put on makeup for the uh, courtesy reasons, you know, a little uh, light makeup when you go out and meet friends. But, um, you know, uh, I think look is uh, one of the uh, very uh, important uh, part when you are looking for a girlfriend, and uh, do you think that um, you are being cheated by this kind of excessive makeup? Thank you.
7: It, it, uh, hey man, what's up? Thanks for the question. Um, you know, I, I, um, no, it's a good question. No, it's a good question. You know, because. <laughs> You know, do I feel like it's cheated that, girls? You know, because we, you know, we we look for pretty girls, you know, because they'll catch our eye and then, you know, want to, um, you know, then they'll interest us. And there's other ways to interest guys as well. But, you know, if, if someone can't, you know, speak and then you just look at, the, you know, these 24 contestants, you know, you think, oh, which one's the prettiest? So um, with guys, we, you know, it didn't take four hours for us to get our makeup on. I was backstage for more than four hours, though. I was anxious, you know. I had... Um, you know all these other contestants to watch before I went on, so I think i was um I was trying to do some push ups and you know some <laughs> sit ups no, no to uh before I went on stage but um you know i me personally i don't think the look uh you know you want to look smart you want to look clean to show that you care, but you know if you're confident and honest and your approach is um the same as how you would be if you're calm, you know, at home in your own living room watching the show, then I think, um, I think that that's the best you can do, you know, if you, if you put on like some type of a front, like makeup, then um, I think uh, very, very quickly you can get spotted out as a guy, so uh, I think, you know, be, you know, just be yourself and be confident, I think that's the best way.
1: It might also invite one of those comments that we saw earlier on the screen, which was uh, one of the young ladies felt that the young man looked a little too feminine. <laughs> sure. Is there another question from the audience? Uh, oh, right in the front here.
10: There are a few things. I have been watching the show for quite a while, and there are several things that puzzle me. One is the Fei looks at the candidate and says he looks like some film star or some media person. The next question is, why do men come out and sing when they obviously can't sing? (laughs) The third one is, why do girls think that if they have a bedroom full of fluffy toys or a cupboard full of a hundred different cosmetics, that makes them terribly attractive?
5: Dr Han might like to respond to that comment. What was the question? I wasn't very clear about the question about Meng Fei. Maybe i will be able to answer. What's the question about Meng Fei? First question.
10: He, that he always try to say he looks like some film star, some media person, some musician yeah. or something.
5: Why? Yeah, that's, that's a, it's very interesting because that's exactly what i talked about, the context. Because in China, the, the lots of uh, reality shows is about stars. So it's stars are quite important, movie star singers and all sorts. So that's often, and they, that's interesting because when we subtitle, unless it is a very, very well-known Jackie channel, but now he's too old, so no one really compares him. <laughs> to Jackie Chan anymore. So the younger generation, lots of the Australian viewers do not know at all. So the, there is no appeal to us, to Australian viewers. But there is a strong appeal in, uh, to, the Australian, uh, to the Chinese audience when they say, oh, this guy looks like Andy Lau or whoever, which make no resonance. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting one. It's a very good observation. And but what's the other question? I'm sorry.
10: No, why, why do uh, men come out and Perform or sing when they obviously can't sing. <laughs>
5: make, make up.
10: So they, they have really no voice. I mean, they're not, not you know. So
1: the, the, it, the idea that some of the contestants come out and want to perform when they clearly have no talent. Why does that happen?
5: <laughs> oh, wh- why do they want them to perform? That's a very interesting question because when we had the other forum, uh, I think in, uh, in Melbourne, and one of the co- contestants, you know, in the. Um, in the, in the show, not in special. And um, he was the suggested to say, would you like to, to uh, perform uh, perform something? Sing or dance or play something? Because that would be three sections and then your section will go faster. They suggested that for, for two reasons. One is you're really good and people do look like, do would like to watch performance. Two, sometimes you are not really very articulate. So they're a bit worried that you have nothing to say and then <laughs> But then the device is like, if you're not good, you should resist that idea. And, people, and often they were, you know, killed because of that.
1: Thank you for that. We'll go to another question now. As, yes, sunglasses on hit here. here.
11: Oh, sorry, wrong one. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Thank you. We'll
1: come back to you next.
4: Thank you. Uh, I have a question for Feng Guo. Um, so, I know that you you all come here uh, with the purpose of finding the one. And uh, so, why the TV show? Do you like? Is there something that you see in the TV show that you can't get out of from other approaches in real life, like dating sites, dating app, or just like, being be um in your real life, and. Um, so I guess my question is, how did you expect this show to help you in uh, finding
6: the one? And do you think it suits your purpose? That's sure. It, I think that's a great question. Um, I, think, I think it's a really efficient way of meeting people because you can go out to a party and meet, I don't know, five guys, maybe have a deep conversation with one or two, and then that's kind of like let's see it right but then if you're in front of all these people and you can have fun and and then you get people kind of know you because they know your personality and I didn't think that I'd find a guy um who I'd fall in love with out of the 10 because I think statistically that's quite rare so I wasn't thinking I'm going to marry one of these guys um but I mean I was open to it but I think that maybe maybe some guy will have seen me on the show and be like she seems cool I want to hang out with her and maybe make make a contact. Maybe I might give her some legal work in the future, (laughs) 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 Um, or I just want to, you know, have a coffee and stuff. And that's happened. And now I know more people. And I think I'm kind of, I've got the personality type where I'm not afraid to take a risk. And I like the excitement of something new and challenging. And it was really challenging. Um, And I think also... The backstory was really interesting because when, I'd applied, when I had applied and I went through the audition, the first thing I noticed was this spreadsheet of, I don't know, it was like five pages of girls' names and I was the only one with the asterisks there and I'm like, what's going on here? And so they'd already pre-selected me for the backstory and I thought, this is a, like in a really amazing experience. I was like, this is just sort of handed over to me and I didn't really think that it would happen because I didn't think I'd be good enough language-wise to get on in the first place. So I thought, well, I'm going to do it and just see what happens.
1: It was also because she had such lovely hair that day, too. <laughs> now there was a lady in the front who was wanting the microphone. Thank you.
11: Um, one of the th- um, my husband and I have been watching this show for several years. And we actually, our addiction um, actually <laughs> goes to following um, certain girls. And it's really exciting, we, you know, when a girl, one of, you know, the, our fav, one of our favourite girls meets someone. It's like, oh my God, is, she's out there and, you know, is she going to go So, But sometimes they leave. They, it's one moment they're there and then they're not. So we didn't ever, like, we were really wondering what happened to that lovely girl who was the chef the lovely girl who with the long... And I've, I've scoured the internet trying to find her. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened to that lovely girl who was the other writer with the really dark black hair? But quite a serious girl. And there was a little girl at, um, down, at the f- number one and Lergyar asked her if she was a lesbian. <laughs> and what happened to Lergia? And, <laughs> and it's often heavily edited... <laughs> It's very edited, like, we'll be watching one moment and all the lights are on, and the next minute, there's nothing happened, all the lights are off and he's off the stage, and he's talking in the background about something that happened on the stage, and I go, I'm sure I didn't miss that. It wasn't a seniors moment. So, and the other thing, just the last question, is there a, wi- a, a right wing backlash about it at all, particularly with the cultural norms which we saw with the parents, you know, the in laws coming to live? So, has there been any backlash? So, if you could ask all those questions <laughs> <it would laughs> and answer, answer all those questions, we'd be
5: very appreciative. <laughs> I can definitely see you are a really massive fan of this <laughs> show. <laughs> You've been watching probably as much as I have done. So, And uh, all very relevant questions. And I can tell you when you talk about we all follow the certain girls, that's actually one of the important features of this show that get people watching. Because if they change 24 girls each time, you stop following. You, you don't have anchor. This, you you develop a kind of, um, you know mostly what we call is the leader of the pack. There is always a leader of the pack coming of the 24 girls after a while. And until the leader was taken. And then, you know, audience feel a bit lost. Oh, you know, the leader has, not, has gone. And then another leader will emerge. And, uh, you know, the people that I talk to and the editors that I work with, we all have our favourite to go. You know, and we always talk, oh, is that your favorite girl? Oh, and that favorite girl has been gone. So two reasons that they would be gone. One is that they're truly being taken, which you would see, and then probably you would cry. And the other uh, reason is, uh, like, they found love themselves outside of the stage, and then because of the criteria, stricter criteria, is like you're not having a relationship. So if during the shooting, because the shooting, as you know, sometimes... The girl would stand there for six months, eight months. And during that period, you found love outside of the show, and then you should declare, and then you should leave. So that also could be reason. Another reason is that sometimes they just decide work commitment. is quite a lot, so they decide to leave as well. I think that's only the first question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry? I know I do get the request from if you are in SBS uh, Two, if you are the one Twitter or Facebook probably will get because I often feed the social media manager about what's going on afterwards so she often asks me what happened to this girl can you look up so I looked up and I say oh you know this is a screenshot she's been taken and uh, she also asked me what happened afterwards I said you better not know
1: I think uh, Fing here may have a small answer to one of your questions.
6: I was also really interested in these questions. So when I went to the Maldives with Ben and the main show contestants, um, I was asking them about what happened to a lot of the girls. And I think, first of all, in relation to the three hosts, you know, how they've, there's been a quite a bit of changeover with the male who is not Mung Fei, so it's been Ja and another guy as well. So um, one of them had slept with a contestant and was kicked off, and another one had done drugs, and therefore they had to can 100 episodes. So a lot of the girls who were on, we didn't see what happened to them because they were cut, because we weren't allowed to show it here. Um, And then I think there is a little bit of difference between the special edition episodes and the main... The main regular show, not saying that any of it's scripted, but there might be a little mo- bit more pressure on the girls to go after they've been on there for 16 episodes or 20 episodes or 30. It's sort of like the producers are like, okay, you know, you've had your run,
5: um, can we have someone else on? So, yeah. Oh, yes, I uh, know I remember your other questions about Loja, isn't it? Because after Loja, and then there were a string of uh, guests that. Uh, Chinese viewers and Australian viewers have felt quite disappointed because no one is as spicy, as strong-minded, and opinionated as Le Jia. And uh, so, um, three years later, he left off his own will, so he decided to go on another show. But there are also unofficial stories about some conflicts that happened. So. That was kind of a pity um about the cuts um yes uh there is about one year episodes that we would not be able to access as we wouldn't be able to buy it's because uh the one of the the guests who replaced the Jiao called um and he's um, he's a talented writer but then he got into drug offence, so he was arrested uh, after, after he made the show. He was arrested for drug offence and imprisoned for a period of time. And the Chinese government is a very strong on, on drug offence, so they made a rule. Uh, all of his appearance on TV should be banned, not to be accessible, so... But then that also made SBS uh, episodes because we are way behind behind you know they started 2010 we only start showing 2013 so we are quite we start showing the beginning one so there are often people asking why you're so behind so that will make us catch up quite soon <laughs> that's the, the silver lining and uh, also, <laughs> also, um, the 2015 they started showing one they're making and showing one episode a week. We are still showing two a week. So by the we calculated about mid-year this year, we should be able to catch up quite soon. So,
1: thank you, Dr. Han. And we have a question in the center up here.
5: Hi. Um,
3: Actually, just before I ask my question, I've got a TV spin-off show for Dr. Han, um, if you are not the one, what happens in the Maldives? <laughs> um, that, would, um, that might rake in some ratings. But um, I have a question for Linda in the white dress. Um, you mentioned that the show has um, um, allowed you to redefine your outlook on love. So what was your outlook on love before the show and what's your outlook on love now and what's your expectations of love?
8: Thanks for your question. Um, I think before when when I went on the show, I was quite, I think in a way, narrow-minded. I've always, you know, dated Chinese men and um, quite um, traditional background, so... I thought um, they had similar beliefs to what I had. Um, But through kind of being eye-opened by the show and seeing the diversity of people out there and um, potential guys that are, you know, very caring and um, very smart as well, I feel like, you know, my area of, or my circle of friends are very, very small, and it gave me a perfect opportunity to get to know new people, not just boys, but girls as well, and it really kind of broadened my, my vision, um, and coming back to the question what the qualities I look for now, um, I think someone who's caring and who's passionate, not just about his career, but about life in general, because there are so many little things in everyday life that we should appreciate, and I want to find someone who can share that with me. Um, so I hope that answers your question and I think the whole journey is also a bravery journey for me as well, so now i 'm more brave than ever to to actively seek for love before, whereas before I was quite you know I was quite um, recessive. <laughs> I was quite um, shy. But now I think um, it's it's really up to us really. So yeah. It's been um, quite a fun experience.
1: Thank you, Linda. We have time for one more question, or maybe two. Oh, no. So I'm going to do right. gentlemen on this side of the room first because this side of the room has been so wonderful. And I've given it to all the other well, side I'll of the room. Hopefully the question's good the enough show.
12: for this side of the room, but uh so um, I haven't watched the Australian version, just the pure Chinese one, so hopefully this is going to, the question's going to relate to this, but basically I've noticed that the friends, they're not nice to the, their friend. They're like, oh, uh, he's lazy, he's, he sleeps in and stuff like that, and it's like, you're not really helping him kind of get a girl here. So first of all, David, was it like that for you? Did, were your friends, were they treating you like that on the show? Oh uh, no! Um, my friends are great. Uh, I saw I saw a lot of people. You
7: know, they had uh, they had cousins, they had workmates and stuff. But my friends were actually one of my friends, James, Liddell. Those are the two guys. Yeah. They grew up with me. They've known me for um, over fifteen years now. And um, James's partner, the girl, I've known her for more than ten years as well because they've yep. been going out for so long. Um, probably like nine years. They've been going out for nine years. So. They were actual friends, and it's, um, it's a coincidence that we were all together in Melbourne at the time. They were all working they're all working in Melbourne as well, so, um, you know, I definitely had to get them in the interview. But I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. You know, there's, um, you know, for, I don't know if it's for TV or... The editing with it for, or something? Yeah, and, and then you also notice that when the friends come on, everybody turn off their lights, because I don't know if that's the only time that, you know... They, yeah. um, I don't know if that's the best time, but when the friends come on, oh, uh, you know... Uh, Steve is this, this, that and then, <laughs> you know, all the lights start start so, so <laughs> going off so yeah, I, I guess. Definitely see yeah, yeah. what
12: are I guess on a follow-up question, which is more of a hypothetical for Annie so say you were back on the, uh, the Chinese one, because I have no idea what happened in the Australian one, if it was any different at all but um, say a guy, like you have the friends, like he's lazy and some like of that, would that really make you turn off the buzzer or would you kind of like look through his shallow friends? <laughs> <laughs> <I> think- <laughs> Maybe not shallow, but
3: I think, to be honest, we went on two episodes, so for the first couple of contestants, we were grasping this whole concept and the process, so a lot of the time, we, we were in a dreamlike state. Maybe it was because the, the long time to get ready, the makeup, the process. It was until the, the Friends kind of um, video comes up and you go, <gasps> have to make my final choice do I like this guy do I not like this guy and then you kind of panic in that mode so I think a lot of the time you you do hear the videos uh, but it's about kind of listening to your own heart and make that final decision yeah
1: thanks Annie we will take two more questions we've got one over here and one here with the pink scarf
8: I just have a quick question about the gender dynamics on the show. Um, it seems a bit of a reversal to have all of these women and just one man who has to perform... Um, he has to do a lot better than a lot of other men on dating shows. So I wanted to ask you how you felt about the gender dynamic and whether you found it empowering or whether the sisterhood um, got aggressive.
1: <laughs> you would like to address that. it's. it's <laughs> The microphone is headed your way, Linda.
7: Doesn't work. Um, yeah, I think it's because it's a Chinese show, um in China and other countries where it's really traditional, um, you know, you look at a family and the backbone of the family is the man. You know, your husband or your dad. Can determine where the future of the family is going to be. You know, the the wife stays with the husband for. It's almost taboo to have a divorce in China. Um, you know, and that's that's very traditional. And you know, if he does well, the whole family does well. If he doesn't do so well, then the family still sticks with the with the man. So, you know, the man is um the uh, seen as like a you know a power. Um, you know the power figure of the family so when one guy comes in and he's got the choice he's got the selection of all these um women on stage i think um that reflects uh the same thing you know um this is this is the guy he's got the choice but i um i you know understand what you're saying as well you know um in in australia or in other western countries um women do a lot of the choosing, choosing as well but i think um it's probably uh, to do with the audience because it's a Chinese show and it's to this niche, to this, um, to this audience.
12: Yeah.
1: Thank you for that. And our final question is here.
12: Yes, hello. Hello. Uh, before I start, I just want to say thank you for the panel for being here and being able to answer all our questions and just show all of us, on behalf of all of us who are so quick to judge just how wrong we are, you know, giving us a slice of the humble pie because when you watch shows like this, you know how, how very quick, oh, she's too like this, he's too like that, and we don't get to see much more beyond what you, sh- what, you, what you show us on your allocated 10 minutes. So this will lead to the last question of the night, I think, and this one's a bit of an academic one, <laughs> and it's directed to Dr Han, and it's one that I think is particularly important because of the nature of this show. Um, with a viewership of 50 million people, the show has a lot of power. A lot of people watch it. A lot of people are aware of its existence. They're aware of the questions that come up, the discussions that happen in society when people come on this show. And my mother is Chinese. So what happens is that when I question traditional values, I'm shut down, (laughs) very frankly. Because in Chinese culture, you, you cannot have this sort of discussion. If you have this sort of discussion, you are seen as questioning authority. However, when all of a sudden it's, it's out there for all to see, my question is, what kind of power do you think a show like this has in changing the Chinese cultural narrative, particularly in the context of ethics?
5: I think it's a huge. And then that explains why you know, it's been so popular in China to start with. And I just do not have time to do a longer presentation. Of course. There are so many. I mean, you know, even for Australia, it's really cultural education uh, of this show that uh, has so many people hooked on. And in China, there are a lot of, on this show, there are a lot of social changes, social issues are being discussed, are being debated, are being brought up by this show. And um, I don't know whether your mum watched this show. If she doesn't, probably you <laughs> Absolutely. should introduce her. <laughs> because on that show, you know even now when I watch it, I was constantly feel amazed by how advanced young people 's views are and how open they are you know which I just give one example about to freeze eggs I'm, i don 't hear my friends talking about it, even friends talking about, it. and this is the one on the television so the uh, this show encourages people are very open about the views about the, what they see, and the uh, first time when I One of the episodes mentioned, you mentioned about the uh, one is about you are lesbian. So that's actually, they brought up the gay issue. And that was discussed and debated. And I actually called the producer. I said, well, this is the first one I saw, you know, and that was a couple of years ago. Is it okay to be shown? She said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not really a public debate issue, but we would like to introduce. So uh, this show, uh, with 50 million people watching, is, has a huge impact on people's way of thinking. And uh, Mengfei uh, himself uh, is like... Mm, he often uses this platform to say things that probably he shouldn't be saying mm-hmm. as an official person. You know, like the one, hey, hey, have children first is a good option. I'm sure your mom would say, what? <laughs> get married first. How can you have children first? You know, I would think my mom would say the same thing. But, you know, so uh, not necessarily he personally advocates these things, but he's very resonant with the uh, opinions or trends or changes in society. So he often use that and he uses a good sense of humor as well, uh, this platform. So this platform is very well used. And I think for Australian viewers, we watch more than being entertained. And being entertained is a, huge, is a huge deal. You know, everyone wants to be entertained. And he believes that himself. He said, if you, you don't feel entertained, you don't watch it. If you don't watch it, you don't get anything. So what's the point of making this? So it's a huge point. So I hope I answer your question.
12: Thank you very much. Well,
1: ladies and gentlemen, that's a little insight into If You Are The One. I think we're very privileged to be here in the presence of these gorgeous people. Would you please thank Feng Go, Annie Hsu, Melody Jung, David Jong, Linda Lee, Dr. Jing Hung and Shin Jin. And our special thanks... Our special thanks of course goes to the Confucius Institute and Sydney Ideas at the University of Sydney. Thanks so much for joining us tonight.